Hi friends, welcome to the Psyche Mental Wellbeing Podcast with me, your host, Hannah. On the show, I'm joined each episode by an amazing guest to have an honest conversation, share our real life experiences and tackle stigma and misconceptions around mental health along the way. We believe that everyone would benefit from focusing a little more on their mental well-being, and we're here to support you to do just that. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, friends. Welcome back. And I'm dropping in with a super, super quick intro before we dive into this episode because it is such a great one that I don't want to waffle for too long. Also, I have to make dinner and the dog, he has been nagging me. It gets to this sort of time in the evening and he is like, why have you not been cooking yet? Because sometimes he may get little snacks whilst I'm cooking. So I've just, uh, while I was editing, getting shouted at by him. So I'll do this super, super quickly. Um, I hope you enjoyed Monday's episode, which was me sharing some thoughts about allowing yourself permission and sharing or showing compassion to yourself and other people so hope you enjoyed it if you enjoy the solo episodes please do let me know and I will do more of them I'll add more into our usual schedule of events so this is a great great conversation I had with Kerry about losing yourself finding yourself mindset so much great stuff I really, I really love the conversation when I was in it and I've really enjoyed listening back as I've been editing it today for you so or yesterday actually if you're (laughs) you're listening to this now so I really hope you enjoy it and I'll be back super quickly at the end hi everyone and I'm really happy to welcome today's guest Kerry to the podcast so Kerry welcome and if you could introduce yourself to us and tell us a little bit about you yeah absolutely so my name is Kerry Lonnie I am a life and biz coach at this point, but my journey really starts about 10 years ago when I became a teen mom. I was an A student. I did all of the things I was supposed to do, and I still ended up getting pregnant and having my first child at 17, which really kind of threw me off of my path. You know, I had all of these big dreams and big plans, and suddenly I found myself redefining who I was. And I had this huge fear that if I allowed myself to follow that journey that I had planned, I wouldn't be able to show up as the mom that I wanted to be. So instead, I redirected all of that energy into becoming this person that wasn't really who I was supposed to become. And I mean, that kind of starts us off on this whole like 10-year journey of how I have gotten to become a mom of three kids running a successful business from home, you know, the people in my life look around and they're like, how are you basically a stay at home mom? And yet you can afford all the things that we can't afford working full time. And it's, you know, it's been such an incredible transformation. My mission really is to help people that feel like they're stuck and feel like they're settling in their life. And they don't know how to get out of that trapped circumstance to learn how to pivot and how to figure out where they belong and who they're supposed to become and then turn that into an income. So that's really, in a nutshell, kind of my story and where I am now and where I started. So amazing. And what an amazing mission to have to to help people with that, because I think we can get stuck in so many different ways, (laughs) our own unique way of getting stuck. Um, But so amazing that you're helping people to to move through that. Um, I'd love to go back towards the the kind of the start of your story that that you shared with us. Was it just such a out of the blue moment uh, when you found out you're pregnant did you have support around you what was that like 
Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of funny because I was such a rule follower. I didn't drink. I never like smoked a thing. I stuck to everything I was supposed to do. But the one thing that got me was feelings and having emotions for other people that I couldn't get rid of, you know? And so I guess that started really young. So was it out of the blue? Not necessarily. I had been in my relationship for probably nine months at that point, but it was, you know, very teenager, like on and off, not a healthy relationship in the first place. Um, But he really wanted to be involved, which was awesome. So I did have support from the father and he is still part of my children's lives today. And I had a lot of support from my family. So I do think that I was really blessed to be in the circumstances that I was. I also think that in a lot of ways, that's kind of what led me to being like to getting so lost because my mom was in my ear, like, Carrie, you have the chance to stay home. And he, you know, the father was in my ear, like, I'll support you. It's my job. It's my like position as a man to make sure I take care of my family, you know? So I felt a lot of pressure to follow this new path. And it wasn't necessarily what my heart was telling me to do. Um, It was just, it was very torn. You know what I mean? Yeah. I imagine it must be so difficult. And I'm, I'm not a parent. Um, and I very much am like on the career, career thing. Um, but having that kind of external expectations and, and what people think you should do. And I imagine being torn between wanting to be an awesome mum and, and be there for your ch- child at that point, um, be there for your children, whilst also trying to kind of hold on to yourself and your life and readjust those dreams. And I imagine it was a lot. <laughs> yes. Yes, it, it definitely was, you know, and now I work with a lot of mothers that have found themselves pouring into their, you know, home life so much and then just doing their best to keep up and, you know, living the nine to five where it, they're not passionate about what they're doing. And there's just no time left to really like dig in and take care of yourself unless you get super intentional. So that's actually a huge piece of what I help my clients with, because, you know, as a mom, I experienced this at a level that really it took me, you know, within the first two years, I was pretty happy. It felt really good to be home and to be able to experience my child's like first steps and all of those things, you know, but after you've been home alone for so long, you start to really like get lost. I mean, I don't, there's no other way to put it. You just stop losing, like you start losing touch with the world, you know? And, and so I experienced that and I've seen a lot of stay at home moms do the same thing. But the thing is that most of the time, by that point, you don't have a lot of options. You know what I mean? And so I ended up getting pregnant again. And it was just this massive spiral. And like, it was probably five years into that. I was a stay-at-home mom for almost eight years. But about five years into that, I was so depressed that I I hardly remember like the day-to-day. You know, I don't have very many memories. It's just kind of a black hole of me trying to do my best and never feeling good enough yeah I mean like I said I don't have children but I can definitely relate to that experience because it sounds so much like similar to my experience with depression and the idea of losing yourself which is why I think it's such a important topic to talk about because people might have been stay-at-home moms or had children and lost themselves in that way or through some other experience have had that feeling of losing themselves in everything that's going on and it's definitely something that, that when you, when we connected, I was like, oh yeah, I can relate to that, definitely. Um, so I'd love to know how like how do you go from there to where you are now, where you're 
you've not only kind of, I guess, found yourself or rediscovered yourself or however you want to phrase it, but now you're helping other people do the same. Yeah. So I would say that the first step for me was really making a decision. You know, I think that a lot of people have to hit rock bottom and really have some kind of experience to be a catalyst to help them get out of where they are. I try to trigger that without actually, you know, making it so that that happens. But for me, I lost my dad. It's been about five years and uh, I lost him in a car accident. We were extremely close. And so that was a huge like eye opener for me. It was a slap in the face that said, Carrie, why are you settling? Why are you living this life? Nobody is going to build your dream for you. You know, and so for some reason, I had gotten to this point where I was convincing myself that I was happy and that I was going to be content if I just lived up to the expectations of what society told me I should be, you know, that maybe someday it would feel good enough inside, you know, and and it didn't. (laughs) And so when I lost my dad and I saw we lost him, I think he was. Oh, my gosh, 41. And so it was very unexpected, you know, and, and I was like, holy crap, if I only have 20 years left to live, I don't want it to be, you know, wasted. And so I think a lot of people kind of share that similar vein of like getting some kind of wake up call. But for me, it was this idea that he wasn't there to catch me anymore. And I had to start figuring out how to catch myself. So it always came back to money. At that point, you know, we were young parents, it was always really hard. You know, I remember he's my ex now, but he worked for $8 an hour and he was working like 60 hour weeks so we could cover our bills, you know, and there are a lot of things like a lot of guilt that I have attached to that because I allowed that to happen by staying home. And in hindsight, you know, I would have gone to work and it would have been healthier for everybody, but I didn't know. I was just doing what I thought was best, Um, you know, but really, it always came back to money. And so I was like, I'm going to start flipping things online. And that was kind of my first like dabble in business. And, you know, from there, I mean, I just, I tried like 20 different side hustles. I did all of the things I could try to do. And I still never really made enough for it to be worth it. So I hit a point about, I'm going to say about three years ago where it was like, what am I doing wrong? Is it me? And I started to look into more of the mindset stuff. And I started learning about limiting beliefs and, you know, all of the things that kind of create your confidence and help you to like, listen to your intuition and know whether other people think so or not that you're on the right path. And being able to trust myself is really like in the past three years, that's where my transformation really began. Yeah, amazing. And I mean, well, mindset, limiting beliefs, these are big things that we could talk about. <laughs> but yes, before we dive into those, um, yeah, I'd like to come back to the the guilt idea, if that's okay, because I think, I mean, there are so many emotions like piled on that you talked about, but how much of that guilt and maybe a sense of having to kind of forgive yourself for things was, um, how much was that kind of part of your process? Yeah, that's, such a huge piece of the puzzle, you know, and I have a lot of friends that are still stay at home moms, you know, you kind of in a, I live in a small town and it used to surround yourself with those people. Um, and I've still kept connections with them, but mom guilt is huge because it feels like anytime you're not giving all of your energy to your kids or to your spouse or, you know, to uh, even other people, like 
for some reason, we have this idea that we're doing the wrong thing and that it's not the right decision and it's not the right way to spend your time. And learning how to let go of that guilt and how to set boundaries is, it was probably the thing that set me apart and allowed me to walk the path that I have. I don't think that if I had held on to that guilt, I would have been able to step into the abundance that I needed to finally crack the code and become successful and build the lifestyle that I wanted. Yeah. Thank you. It's such a, well, all of these emotions are complex emotions, aren't they? But I think guilt is such, (laughs) such a big one that, and, and one that we maybe don't, own up to even like to ourselves about what it is and and um yeah um so you mentioned mindset and that's one of my buzzwords and there's a question on that later in my set questions um but I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about that and about your your process with that and and how you maybe changed your mindset to to kind of get to where you are now yeah of course um I believe and this is something that I had to learn the hard way but I believe that you should always reverse engineer your lifestyle. And so every single decision that I make, I'm making because it takes me one step closer to my big life vision. And any, and of course we all make mistakes. So sometimes you do something and then it's like, Oh, what was I thinking? You know, I just went like the opposite way. Or, you know, sometimes I'll ask myself if I notice that I've made a decision that isn't taking me one step closer to that big life vision, I ask myself why. And I try and figure out what made me make the decision that wasn't serving me and wasn't serving my family. Because when it comes down to it, the things that I want, I want for all of us, you know, and I think when it comes down to it, that's a huge part of releasing the guilt is recognizing how everything works together and, and then accepting that you can't do everything. And so sometimes you have to prioritize how you make things work. Right. So I guess really the first step in all of this is to figure out what you actually want. And I know that that sometimes can be easier said than done um, because you have to retrain your brain. And that's where the mindset stuff comes in. You have to retrain your brain to listen to your body and listen to your energy and figure out which direction feels good and which doesn't feel good so that you can start making those decisions. And even if you don't have it all figured out, if you start following your energy and you do this through mindset work and, you know, listening to yourself and listening to, I mean, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but you have to learn how to listen to yourself. And really what it comes down to is that in our society, and you'll hear me say that because it's one of like my core beliefs, but in our society, we have been taught not to listen to ourselves. And so we have to, in the beginning of your mindset journey, you have to unbury all of these repressed feelings that you've been holding on to probably for your entire life or a good portion of it. And, and it's really uncomfortable. It doesn't feel good. And people, you know, they start doing mindset work on a very like shallow level and they start feeling the discomfort and they think, oh, this isn't working, you know? And the, the reality is, that you're opening Pandora's box and there are going to be things that come up for years. I still have very deeply rooted limiting beliefs that I've had to work through and I work on consistently through things like affirmations, um, you know, gratitude journaling. What's another, I mean, 
I do all kinds of like guided meditations. I create my own guided meditations for myself, but to like target those specific things. But really when it comes down to it, mindset is all about having the courage to sit in that discomfort and upheave all of those terrible feelings that you've been repressing, that you've been trying to hide, that you've been sticking in the corner and ignoring and sorting through them and saying, oh, okay, well, this is why I have that. Let's get rid of it. It's almost like having mind clutter that, you know, and depending on how much mind clutter you have, depending on all the traumas you've been through and the childhood that you grew up with. And, you know, for me, my stuff started when I was 17 and I had to learn how to become an entirely new person. You know, all of those life experiences, they create that clutter and you have to learn how to go through the clutter and figure out what's good and what's not. And that sucks. It's not, it's not comfortable at all. (laughs) So that's kind of like the warning is that depending on how much clutter you've gathered, you know, if you're a total clutter, like mind hoarder, (laughs) it's going to take longer. Some people have shorter journeys and that's okay, you know, but it's totally worth it to work through that stuff because once you get rid of it, you get to live in this nice, clean environment where you make all of the decisions and you get to make things look exactly how you want them to. I really love that analogy. Um, I'm someone who has lots of clutter, clutter, and probably a lot of mind clutter as well. So it really <laughs> makes it. Um, and, you know, when I think about if you've got clutter in your house and you're like, oh, I have to sort through that pile of stuff, but oh, it takes so much energy and like the stuff that I have to get rid of, like, where do I take it? Can I take it to the recycling center? Is it good enough to go to a charity shop? <laughs> you have that whole process. And it takes effort to just deal with the things that are not, well, they are emotional sometimes, but they're not that deep-rooted emotional stuff in your mind. So I think it's a really powerful analogy for how difficult it is. And it's one of those things that sounds simple. You know, oh, you just be really intentional, be, be honest, listen to yourself. But I think sometimes the things that sound really simple, they're not easy. <laughs> simple, but not easy. And and I guess it's that when you are wanting to, to make a change, really, and kind of come back to yourself and then move towards where you want to get to, things usually have to change from that place haven't they and that change it takes some work otherwise you're just going to carry on (laughs) the same way that you are now um so yeah thank you for really I yeah I love that analogy I'm going to totally use it all the time now (laughs) for for mind clutter when I have my therapy we're like well I've got some mind clusters to talk about today um but you mentioned some of the things that you do, the affirmations and, and the guided meditations are so really kind of tapping into those limiting beliefs. And, um, and you mentioned sort of the gratitude journaling for the, the part that's really about listening to yourself and really kind of tuning into yourself. Do you have any suggestions of how we can do that? Yeah, of course. Um, I would say if you're uncomfortable, if you find that when you don't have anything distracting you, and thoughts come up that feel uncomfortable, um, journaling is really the best place to go. And you don't have to write. I know a lot of people are like, oh, journaling, it's like being back in school. (laughs) But doing something like a video diary, where you keep track of your thoughts and keep track of the things that are happening, and you reflect on pieces of your life that are, you know, that are coming up, that are raising these uncomfortable feelings and they're not serving you, but you're not really sure why or how it's connected, you know, learning how to recognize those links and recognize those, like, I call them red flags in your brain, you know, because our bodies literally give us signals 
when we're in an uncomfortable situation or something comes up that we're not okay with, your body is going to tell you, but we've been taught and we've taught ourselves and our brain to ignore those red flags. And the goal really is to learn how to recognize them. So then you can visit whatever problem it is and, and decipher what's going on. And then you can make a decision. You know, it's kind of like you said, uh, some things need to just get thrown out. Some things need to go to the recycling center or donations and other things you can keep, you know, and some of these thoughts that we have in these like limiting beliefs, they are actually, they they have been protecting us. But a lot of the time they're protecting us in a way that doesn't actually serve us in the long run, you know, because our ability to find success is infinite. You know, there is no cap, there is no glass ceiling, and it's all just defined by our own brains. And so to get out of where you are and to get unstuck, you have to learn how to break out of those boxes you've put yourself into, you know, and that's really where it comes down to figuring out, okay, this served me and it was great, but I'm going to, I'm going to recycle that and turn it into a new thought that serves me even better. You know what I mean? A great example of this is being frugal. Being frugal kept me alive for a long time. I don't know how else to state that. You know, we were broke for years. I know what it feels like to not have $5 to put in my gas tank, you know, like so I can drive to the grocery store and spend my like food stamps, you know, like I know what that feels like. It is not easy. And so I learned over the years, like every penny counts, all of these mindset things around money. But then when it came to starting my own business, that was like a huge block for me because, you know, I'm, I started as a copywriter. Well, I started the first thing I was successful in and actually learned how to make real money in was copywriting. And, um, you know, people are charging crazy rates for that. $2,500 for a sales page is what the standard rate is right now. And I was like, how can I accept that kind of money for six hours of work? You know what I mean? So I actually had to teach myself how to change those limiting beliefs in order to serve me because frugality had kept me together. It had served me so well in the past. And I learned, I had to learn how to shift those ideas and shift what money meant to me and what money was actually valued at. So that's just one example out of like millions, I'm sure of how, you know, you can recycle these thoughts and, and almost say like, thank you for being there for me and you are useful and I appreciate you and all that you did for me. But now it's time for you to go because I'm ready for the next level, you know? And so there's like recycling and donating, you know, teaching your children the values of like budgeting and things like that, but also teaching them the other stuff that's going to come down the line. Like that's my mission is to blend all of this stuff and teach them all of it so that they have a great perspective of both spectrums, you know what I mean? Both ends of the spectrum. Um, but then there's also stuff, you know, like I'm not good enough, you know, throw that crap out. Nobody needs to hear that. It's not serving you. It's not serving the people in your life. It's literally just there taking up space in your brain. And there are probably experiences that are supporting that belief from your past. And you have to go and you have to learn how to forgive those experiences and release them in order to get rid of that belief, you know, and and so when it comes to like the guided meditations, that's a huge thing that I do is, you know, I find new evidence to support a new belief that says you are good enough. And this is why, 
you know, so that's like journaling is a really great way to like a great entry point into doing all of this weird, deep woo woo work, (laughs) you know, that doesn't feel super tangible, but it can become tangible if you just start answering questions that help you to recognize and pinpoint things. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you. And uh, well, money is such a (laughs) a good example because it's, I'm sure most of us have got stuff. My, actually my, my therapist and she's a Jungian therapist, if, if you know much about different approaches, she said people have more issues about money than they do about sex. So, uh, you know, it's like a big thing that we've got lots of hangups around. But uh, the journaling, you can really get into the nitty gritty because I was thinking about one of my big ones is about worrying what people think of me, right? And I can kind of trace back while well, I was bullied at school, I've been bullied in the workplace before and like that leaves an impact because genuinely what people think about you matters because <laughs> then they're having a go at you about it and that hurts emotionally. But sort of now it's that kind of, that fear of how people might react can put you off doing stuff. But actually if I journal about it, I realize sometimes how it doesn't make sense, the fear, because like on the podcast, I'm pretty open about sharing stuff. So it's almost like, don't care in that area. Like obviously care that people enjoy the podcast, but I just think if they don't like it, they'll switch off. But in other areas, it's like, what will people think of me? And actually if you journal, you can kind of go, well, that doesn't make sense. If I've got this belief that in some areas it's, doesn't seem to be an issue and in some areas it does like what is that about so um thank you for sharing it's a great way I think of I say that I'm I'm not great at journaling (laughs) regularly or I I feel like on the podcast because I just sort of talk about stuff that's my sort of journaling in public which again is another example of how it doesn't make sense my belief of like what people think of me I actually love what you said because there are a couple of things in there that I'd love to unpack first of all caring what people think about you is universal. I don't think that that ever completely goes away. We always have just a little bit of that feeling, you know what I mean? So being able to just push through and do what you need to do anyways is perfect because it's kind of like exercising. You know, when you start to like train your brain to ignore these or like reestablish a new belief, it's like exercising. It feels really hard at first, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. And over time, eventually it's not going to be 100% effortless, but it's going to be easy enough that you hardly think about it. You know, you take that deep breath and then you go. And, and then I also wanted to say, cause this is a perfect example. Like I said, you don't have to write, you can journal in other ways. And so your podcast has become that outlet for you. And it's a great way to do it. You know, even if you're just using voice, like voice notes on your phone and you're answering a question every day you know, that can do wonders. I, I keep telling you my first thing, my first thing, but (laughs) my journey is like so long when like my entrepreneurial journey, my very first thing was flipping. And then I tried to do a private label. And that basically means I bought like 200 items and I could hardly sell them. So I decided to start a mom blog because they were these like nursing covers. And I thought that would help me to market. And that blog I mean, I made like 50 bucks in a year, (laughs) but it was my creative outlet. It was the thing that allowed me to write and to release my fears around being visible. And it allowed me to get vulnerable and learn how to get vulnerable because I always had this weird thing about not sharing with the people in my real life. 
they always had these high expectations of me. They thought that I should be perfect and that I was going to be like a rocket scientist someday or something. And so I grew up my entire life striving to be perfect and learning how to show people the vulnerable side was such a huge, like such a huge task for me. It did not come easily. I blogged for about two years, never really got anything out of it except for this huge transformation of allowing myself to fail over and over and over again, you know? And so I think journaling doesn't necessarily have to be like cut and dry. It's not black and white. The process is about digging in and allowing yourself to release all of those things that you're not releasing on your own because it's scary or because you're embarrassed or because you feel shame around them, you know, and you don't have to do it publicly. You can keep it to yourself, but it is about learning how to listen and dig into who you are, you know, and you can do that through so many different channels. So I just, I love that that is, you know, that came up for you. And that's something that you said, because that ties perfectly into what we're talking about. And, you know, since you're doing this in the podcast, I, I'm actually interested. I would love to hear if you've noticed this, I've found a lot of times we'll focus on a limiting belief that applies to our entire lives and all of the different facets, but it feels easy in one area of life. And as you exercise that, it gets a little bit easier in the other places too. And so it's almost like you learn the skill set in a very defined way, but then you can transfer it and start building in all the other places. Have you noticed that come up at all? Or mm, That's a great question. Um, I, I feel like maybe the one that I gave that, um, you know, not caring what people think, I think that there are some areas where I'm quite now like, whatever. Like I'll quite often wear bright colors and whatever and be like, I don't really mind what people think about what I'm, what I'm wearing so much. And then my hair was, it's like mostly grown out now, but it was bright pink for a while. Cause it's like, why not? It, it, like when I was a teenager, just I never would have, you know, done that. And I went through a phase, I got lots of piercings, like in my twenties. I think some are like trying to look a certain way. And then I stripped out some of them. So I kept just the ones that really I liked. Um, and so in that area of my life, I'm a bit like, yeah, I'm a geek. I like weird, wacky stuff. I don't care what people think. I'm <laughs> going to wear it. Um, and then sort of with the, with the podcast and now talking about my mental health, I'm starting to be more like, yeah, like I'll talk about it. But my thing still now is with new areas. So with coaching and it's something, you know, I've, I've been a coach for a while, but I'm not great at promoting myself. That's a whole other thing, probably. Um, and then when I first launched the podcast, it was like, oh, it'd be a great way to be like, hey, this is my coaching. And then I have just not used it for that at all. It's become a passion project. I love doing it. And then it's like, maybe I should mention <laughs> occasionally, hey, you can also work with me. And I started trying to do that. But that area and that being really visible and saying, hey, this is how you can work with me in a promotional way because actually connecting like one-to-one uh talking to people really just talking about who I love to support what I love to do that feels fine but yeah so there's some areas where it's still like mm, uncomfortable and I have to sort of push myself um <laughs> so yeah yeah I totally understand that you know and that's super common um sales mindset like most people have bad negative feelings about sales. So that's actually a huge piece of what I teach as well is just digging into, you know, all of these things. And it's so funny how our limiting beliefs 
it seems like it's personal development, but it connects to all of these pieces in your life. You know, and so many times those deep rooted things are actually attached to many beliefs and you just have to kind of like, I like to think of it as like mowing the lawn. You like start at the top and you get the long stuff off and then there's still thistles everywhere. So you have to like weed all the thistles out. And then like over time you get to the like bare minimum, you know, and everything else feels like it's thriving, but there's still just a few thistles that just won't go away, you know, and, and the, your job is just to keep digging them up and make sure that you don't ignore them. Cause if you do, then they'll spread again. You know what I mean? And it's all about maintenance. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that with me. I really appreciate it. You know, and I, I think that you're going on the right path and I can tell just by the way that you phrased things that, you know, being aware that those are problems is like one of the first steps. It's that red flag that like, oh, this might be, might need some attention. Yeah, awareness is something that I love to talk about. The awareness and the acceptance of kind of going like, yep, yeah, that's where we are at the moment. And then we'll kind of go from there. But I find I've I've got much more um, aware of different red flags in my life of when I maybe need to think about my mental health. But sometimes still I'll go, oh, this has been a flag for like a week and now maybe I should do something about it. It's kind of, you just carry on on that autopilot and you're like, oh yeah, I should probably do something about it now. <laughs> because um, I don't know if you still get that as well, that you kind of go, oh yeah, I've, uh, you know, I should have been listening to myself for last week because that thing's been there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I definitely get that. You know, and I have my own coach um, finding the right person to support you is so huge because you know, I, I tried to do it alone for a long time and, um, it doesn't matter if it's a therapist or a life coach or however you want to do it, you know, it, um, but I tried to do it alone for a long time and I was literally using all of these tools. I know that they work, but having the outside perspective is so important. You know, I just couldn't seem to get through it still. And, you know, and when that happens and when you're really struggling, it's hard not to feel like shame or negativity towards yourself and start thinking things like, why can't I just figure this out? Like, I thought I knew what I was doing, you know, and then for me at this level of my life, you know, I'm helping other people work through this. So if I start thinking those things, who that's a huge spiral that affects everything because that will affect my income. You know, that will affect um, my family life. It, it just bleeds into all of it. If you start letting that junk in, you know what I mean? So it's super important to have that accountability. And I also think in a lot of ways, just permission to let go of the shame and reassurance that, you know, this is totally normal. It's common and it's okay to have those feelings. What's not okay is to allow them to stay and to just sit in them and let them brew and fester and then bleed into all the other parts of your life and infect the beautiful things that you've been working towards yeah absolutely and I absolutely I'll absolutely echo what you said about you know working with someone and I have a coach and a therapist and I think it's that objectivity isn't it because sometimes we don't see our own blind spots and we kind of like talk ourselves around stuff um my therapist in particular sometimes I'll be like kind of going oh yeah well I'll rationalize stuff and then she'll like no 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 come on <laughs> let's go back yep. to this thing um because that's obviously my way of like trying to deal with stuff or you know and so having an outsider who can kind of go hang on a second you know um and shine that light on the things that we can't quite see or we're deliberately trying not to see whether that's conscious or not 
um, yeah, is really important. So thank you for sharing that. Um, Kerry, before I dive into my set questions, do you have a final thought on losing yourself, finding yourself, listening to yourself, or just life in general that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, you know, the more that we've dug in and talked about it, the more I would say that your audience really needs to hear that oftentimes beliefs are not truth, okay? And so when you're feeling really lost and really stuck and you keep coming up with all of these reasons why you can't get unstuck, you know, it's very, very important to look at those things and be honest with yourself and say, is this an excuse or is it an obstacle? Because a lot of times we, like you just said, rationalize the way that we're thinking because we are afraid to push ourselves outside of the comfort zone, right? And so learning to think of, like, think of it as an obstacle rather than creating excuses and making this block, like, an unmovable force in your life is such a massive, like, skill set that will get you so far. And if it's okay, I would love to share an example of this really fast. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, okay. When I was first doing all of this, so I started my business and that was fine, but I still wasn't, like feeling good. I wasn't feeling fulfilled. And something that I've always wanted to do was travel, but we were super broke. There was no way I was going to be able to travel. And for years I had let that like stick with me. And I was like, I'm not going to go do anything. It's really hard. I have kids. At that point I had three kids, you know, and I was like, I can't, I just can't. It's too much work. It's too difficult. What if like something goes wrong? And I reached a point where I started asking a different question and I was like, but what if I just get good at it. And so I started going for hikes and I started, you know, going to the grocery store with all three of my kids without asking my mom to come with me. And I started just practicing this idea of like, I can handle it. I can do this over and over again in the, like in small ways, you know, and the more comfortable that I got with this idea of like, I can do this with three kids. That was the foundation for me to say, I can do a business with three kids. If I can go for a two mile hike with three kids, right. You know, and I started just pushing those boundaries and removing those excuses and turning them into obstacles and saying, okay, so this is something I have to get around. How instead, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's that kind of, yeah, like creative problem solving, isn't it? And trying Mm -hmm. stuff out and seeing, and I love that. It's like, yeah, practicing for that's that big thing. Can't do that yet. My practice. The, the skills or the things to get there so yeah thank you so much um I could talk about this stuff all day it's so much fun um and useful <laughs> for me as well as hopefully for everyone else listening uh, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on my set questions that I ask everyone and uh, the first one is what brings you joy in your life oh gosh that is such a great question for me it's those activities that aren't necessary it's outside of the norm. I'm a little bit of an adrenaline junkie and uh, I've had to learn how to, how to balance that. Of course, everybody has to learn balance, but as I worked through all of the junk and I learned how to sit in my own brain, I also got this amazing gift of being able to just hang out in there. And it was, it's almost like the world just melts away. And so there are specific activities that really like you know, empower me to get to that place. And sometimes I get to do that when I'm with my kids 
and like hiking is a huge thing. We love to go on adventures. And so we'll go up into the world and it's like we're in our own little bubble, you know, um, other things that I do on a regular basis, uh, yoga. I love yoga. It's a great way for me to just like disconnect and get totally unplugged. So I guess um, like watercoloring, <laughs> those are things and it's all, it's all getting unplugged. I guess that's really where it comes down to is I find joy in being unplugged from the world and being able to create my own reality, even if it's just for a few minutes. I love that. Thank you so much for that. Um, my next one, sometimes it's similar, sometimes it's not, is what makes life meaningful for you? Ooh, I love this question. Oh, okay. So for me, it's about the ripple effect. It is not just about me. And although I really love them and they are like my whole little world, it's not just about my kids. It's about passing on everything that I have learned and all of these tools that I have gathered to my kids, to the people in my life and creating a true impact. Because I believe the more people that learn this stuff, you know, the better off our world is going to be as a whole. And that's really, that's my mission. You know, we all deserve to live our most beautiful lives. And if we could get there collectively, how amazing would that be? So there are a lot of things that I could say about being, you know, creating a meaningful life. But for me, it's about being able to embrace the best life possible and teaching other people how to do the same. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Um, I love these questions because it's just really, you know, people have so many different like perspectives on it. It's always really interesting to see, you know, what's going on for people, I guess. Uh, so my next two are around our overarching topic on the podcast. So the first one is what does mental wellness mean to you? Ooh, I love that too. Okay. These are such great questions, Hannah. Okay. Wellness <laughs> for me embodies your mind and your body, right? So it's a combination of the two, but I feel like when you achieve both and you're taking care of yourself in both areas, the results is to be able to show up 100% as yourself in your truth and be content there and fulfilled. And I think that that's like the pinnacle of wellness is when you have gotten to the point where you're doing all of those things to support that version of you, that best version you know? And so that's my goal every day is to support that best version of myself and to keep growing into the person I'm meant to be and to reach my full potential. So. And I think we've maybe already covered this next question through the conversation. Um, but I always ask as a follow-up how you look after your own mental well-being. So what are you doing every day to be that best version of yourself? Yes. Okay. So there's obviously a combination of things and I like to try and start small. I think that that's really important because consistency is not something that most of us are born with. It's a muscle that we have to exercise. So I do have um, like a goal tracker board. I have five goals up there. I usually only get about three done per day, but I just, I have like little symbols that I use to help me keep track of those things. And I'm not a schedule person. I am very like, I really struggle to stick to a routine, but I have like micro routines. So I'll pair a couple of things together. And that's kind of how I stay on top of trying to keep my mindset together and trying to, you know, just do those things that make me feel 
feel fulfilled like yoga, you know, it's not easy to fit stuff like that in. I totally understand that it's not easy. Um, we all have lives, <laughs> but when you do this and you start to do it consistently and you look at your results and, you know, it creates a feeling of being proud, first of all, that you're getting there and you're doing it and you're taking the steps that you need to, in order to get to your big life vision. And it also, you know, it starts to build slowly, but surely as you exercise those muscles in whatever area, whether we're talking literal or in your mindset, as you dig into those things, you know, you start to see the needle move if you do it long enough and keeping track of them, I think is one of the most important things. Otherwise you feel like you're doing all of the things and you're not getting anywhere. Yeah. And I, well, I guess we quite like the, whether it's like visual or numerical, like to see, Ooh, like that's where I was because we, we can lose touch with it. Can't we? We kind of don't realize where we were to begin with. And then when we see that kind of cold, hard evidence, we go, Oh, wow. Like I am getting somewhere, you know, you yep. just feel like it. Awesome. Uh, so the next question is quite fun. It's sometimes a challenge for people. And, and this is a word that we've used several times today. So I'm really curious to see how you answer this. How would you describe your own mindset? Oh, man, let's be honest here. <laughs> My mindset is still like a roller coaster. It takes concerted effort for me to stay on top of it. But I have come to the like conclusion that it's never going to completely change. I think that the more that you push yourself and the more that you try to grow, the more that you see how infinite the possibilities are, you know? So I started somewhere, it, you know, almost 10 years ago in a, I started in a very different place and the growth that I've had is just insane, but I still sit in my own feelings sometimes and I still struggle and I still have those bad days. You know, mindset is continuous. It's something that you have to work into your everyday and make sure that you're keeping track of and staying on top of. It's never going to disappear. So I'd say that my mindset is healthy, but still growing. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, this is my favorite question to ask because I'm just really curious. Um, so I ask everyone that comes on to leave us with between one and three top tips of things that you'd recommend that we try in our lives that could have a massive impact. So do you have a top one to three things for us? Oh my gosh, that is so hard to like narrow down. <laughs> I'm sure you've noticed I'm a talker. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. One to three things. I would say the first thing is to listen to your energy. I don't know that you can do anything more powerful than to start listening to what makes your body react and feel good because those are major indications that you need to do more of whatever it is that you're doing if you're feeling that way, you know? So listening to your energy or the other way, like if you're doing something that doesn't feel good, there's a chance that, you know, it's not aligned with you and it's not aligned with your, where you're supposed to be going. Of course, there are exceptions to the rule, but listening to your energy will change your life. Um, another thing I'd say would be to push your comfort zone. And I know that that sounds really like cliche in a lot of ways, because you hear all of these people saying, you know, great things are on the other side of your comfort zone, but it will serve you in all of the ways. So it will serve you as, you know, if you have a business or if you're in a career that's demanding, it will serve you in your personal life. 
sorry, my dog's barking, <laughs> but learning to get a little bit uncomfortable. It's funny. Cause I just said like, follow your energy and do things that feel good, but also like learning to get a little bit uncomfortable and recognizing like, if it's a good discomfort, because it means that you're growing versus if it's like a bad discomfort, because it's not something that feels good and never will, you know, is it's huge. It's key to continuing to get unstuck. You have to learn how to push yourself out of that little box. And so I'd say that is like my second tip. And then my third is to always show up as the too much version of yourself, you know, and I had to learn how to do this. And I actually like this term came from a specific like memory. I was in the car with my mom and she was struggling at work because she's a talker. I got it from her. And, uh, you know, she was kind of venting a little bit and she's like, maybe I just need to like shut up and water myself down for these people. And I was like, whoa, 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 no way. Um, don't you ever do that? You know? And I was like, and I went on this like rant and I wish I had recorded it because it was beautiful. But (laughs) basically I was like, the people that are too much are the ones that change the world. They're the ones that show up. They're the rock stars and the movie stars and the politicians and the people that stop caring and stop putting themselves into the box and they allow themselves to just explode it. And that box disappears and they are too much all the time. And if people don't like that, that's okay. Because there are other people that absolutely adore that about them. And those are the people that get to make a huge impact in the world. And that, as you know, is my mission. And so I want other people to stand up and to claim their beliefs and to always show up as the truest, most like authentic, too much version of themselves and to practice that every day, even in the little ways. So I guess those are my three things. (laughs) Yeah, they're amazing. And all of them, but particularly that last one, because I definitely, my whole worrying what people think, you know, worry about being too much. So I'm just thinking like every day be like, how can I be too much today? <laughs> like, how can I say? Um, that's amazing. And and like you said, you know, you think about those like really charismatic people who are, you know, sometimes so too much <laughs> over the top, but that's part of their charm. But for some reason, when it's us, we're like, no, 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 I can't possibly be like that. So yeah, I, I love all of them, but particularly that one. So thank you for those. Um, my next question, I love to read. Um, and so I've started asking people when they come on if they have a book recommendation or a TED talk that has been really impactful in your life and that you'd recommend to us. Ooh, I love this because I actually have the perfect recommendation for you guys. And I can't think of the author's name. So, <laughs> but you should be able to find it. Um, it's called You Are Not Lost. It's a book. It is written for women. But I remember like I listened to this about three years ago when I was first like really digging into all of these feelings. And I remember listening to the audiobook and I was just crying and I'm like doing the dishes, like tears streaming down my face because she said exactly what I needed to hear in that time. And, and it was just so empowering. And when I finished that book, I was like, I'm not lost. I know who I am and it's time to not be afraid and to show the world that version of myself. And I just want to say like the snowball effect of making that decision was crazy huge. Like I left my relationship. I came out as pansexual, like all of the things. And it was within like a couple of months. It was just like, boom, boom, boom. I made the decision because this woman inspired me to the point where it was like, you're right. I'm not lost. I'm going to be me. And, and it's just, it was a great book. Highly recommend. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. And that, yeah, the effect that it had 
and I'm not going to guess the author. I vaguely have a recollection of maybe that book or something we're lost in the title, but it might be wrong. So I'll put it in the show notes <laughs> so people can find yes. it rather than just make up a book that may or may not exist. Um, Carrie, I'm having so much fun, but I've come to my last question, which is where people can connect with you if they're interested in, um, in working with you. Where can we find you? Okay, awesome. So I am launching a YouTube channel. So I guess that would be the best place to to go. I'm going to be having like all kinds of trainings. So there'll be mindset trainings and then marketing trainings. You know, I do a lot of the business side of stuff as well. But um, I think that regardless of where you're at, you're going to find resources that will really help you. So I guess I don't have a link yet. I should probably learn that link and then I can send it to you, Hannah, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. We'll pop that in the show notes as well. <laughs> okay, we'll great. Awesome. Awesome. Are you on any social media or anything? Yeah, absolutely. I'm on Instagram and Facebook primarily. So those are definitely the best place to connect with me. And if you'd like to reach out, you know, my DM, my messenger is always open. I'm more than happy to chat with you and help you figure out, you know, where you're going and what your next steps are, or maybe even just lend a little bit of advice about how to get unstuck and move out of where you're at, where you currently feel trapped. Awesome. Yeah. And we'll absolutely link to those places as well and the YouTube, which by the time this comes out, I'm sure will be full of amazing content. Um, so yeah. Kerry, thank you so much. I've, I've really enjoyed speaking with you and I really appreciate you taking the time to join us and to share your story with us and your knowledge. Um, it's been awesome. Thank you so much, Hannah. So massive thank you again to Kerry for joining us. And again, I'm going to be super quick. Again, I keep saying again, so <laughs> sorry about that, but I have dinner to make. Uh, but why am I apologizing? I should be being too much in whatever way that comes out. But one of the things we mentioned is my bit of a block of saying, hey, you can work with me. And this is all the awesome stuff that I've got going on. It is something that came up with my coach this week about being able to <laughs> take a compliment or handle praise or positive feedback or any of that kind of stuff so I'm not going to be doing all the like all positive feedback and praise but I will briefly tell you how you can work with me if you are interested so I do coaching around mental well-being I do coaching around identity our self sense of self and particularly with young people and people who are neurodiverse whether they have a diagnosis or not and a newer sort of transition is supporting parents so parents who are struggling with their well-being and their sense of self and um, you know, from actually, it's a, a good time to talk about it from a different angle to carry. But people who maybe have lost themselves a little bit in the parenting um, and being a parent, also being able to answer some of those concerns around parenting a child who's neurodiverse or looking after your child's well-being, and particularly teens. So, if there are any parents who are stressed out about all of that and communicating with a teenager and, and whatever, or someone who is yeah feeling not great, not okay, um, and wants to feel okay, which, okay, may not sound great, but to me, that is, um, it's just about coming back to this place of being balanced and being able to kind of ride that wave. And I'm not going to go down a rabbit hole of all these kind of analogies <laughs> to describe what I do. But basically, if you're if you're here, if you've listened to this, if you've listened to me before, and you kind of get a feel of who I am, and you are interested in exploring working together, then head over to my website, www.psyche.co.uk, and there's information there more about the coaching that I offer, who I work with, 
and all of that and how to book an initial discovery call because it's really important to find the right person to work with uh, whether it's a coach a therapist whoever that relationship is so important it's the biggest indicator of whether it's going to be a successful kind of experience and transformation so yes I have some coaching spaces available if you are interested in working with me that's where to find me why is it so hard just to say that <laughs> many of us get in our own way in that way and that's my area that I'm working on is that you can mention stuff and be in service and it not be icky and salesy and whatever so that's that and as always please do connect with me on social media at Psyche Coaching on Instagram and Facebook and you can find out more about stuff that is going on <laughs> with us there and other fun things I share about my other interests and uh, leaning into that being too much and embracing my weirdness which is something I don't think I've talked about on the podcast for a little while but it's one of my things that I do love to say about really accepting ourselves as we are owning our weirdness and feeling okay with expressing that in the world so yeah <laughs> take that with you and uh, and everything from this conversation with Kerry thank you so so much for tuning in for listening I really appreciate you for being here uh, for supporting the show and again massive thank you to Kerry for joining us and sharing her wisdom with us until next week as always take care of yourself be kind to yourself and I'll speak to you soon bye for now